It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Ah, uh, yes, it does. It is a Wednesday. It is hump day. That means KT is at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, one of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you. You can always catch me here Wednesday nights, 15 years now at this particular location. The other two, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South, right there at Windmill. And, of course, the original now in their 25th year, 8410 West Cheyenne. Great show in store for you. If you haven't been to any of the Steiner's Pub locations, they are outstanding. What they don't have on tap, they've got in the bottle. Full bar set up. You've got the gaming across the bar. You've got the video key. No video poker. You got the jackpots lit up on the marquee board. You can find out which machines have been hot, which have not. And then you've got 24 hours as far as not only spirits and all the sports playing and replaying, but you also have some of the best food in Las Vegas. So it is not bar food. It is a full menu. You can get salmon. You can get steak. You can get your quesadillas, your burgers, your salads. You've got it all 24-7. Got to be 21 or older to enter all three Steiner's Pub locations. Ken Thompson, Steiner's Pub here, 1750 North Buffalo. Gave away six Mark Lawrence magazines already for football getting things set up but uh, before we get with Mark and update a couple things on the scoreboard and it's not good for soccer well it is good for somebody that I do know Teresa Loberg a good friend from yesteryear she has a business in Panama and has had one there for years her other home used to be SoCal but now it's Key West Florida and she was representing she was wearing her Panama colors and she is a happy camper because in a shootout Panama defeats the United States 2-1 to one in the CONCACAF Gold Cup semifinals. They will get the winner of Jamaica and Mexico, and right now Mexico up 2-0 on Jamaica. That's about 31 minutes in to the first half. So it looks like Mexico and Panama will play right here in Vegas for the championship of the CONCACAF Gold Cup. So shout-out to Teresa Tilo. Good for you, girl, and always representing. She's a great fan, all different sports. I remember back in the day, 49ers fan, big time, and, uh, you know, she always represented whatever team she was rooting for, she was always there to support. So shout-out to Tilo in Key West, Florida. Mark Lawrence, of course, in Florida as well. He is in uh, South Beach, and Mark and I go over the college football conferences, and we do that alphabetically. Before we get into Conference USA, which falls next in line as far as our weekly visit, 
Let's get to the WNBA. New York went overtime, beat Indiana 95-87, game getting up and over that total with the extra session. However, New York does not cover the 10. They came close, laying 10 to Indiana. The Fever still get the hometown cover, losing by 8, 95-87, your final. Connecticut, nice effort. They go into the Windy City. They beat up on Chicago, 84-72, minus 5. They win it by 12, total 160.5. Game stays under by 4 points, hitting 156. Dallas, they've played well. Remember, they handed the Las Vegas Aces their second loss and they nearly beat them twice in a row. That Dallas Wings team playing good. They're now two games over 500. They go into Minnesota and just bury the links, 107-67. to That game also getting up and over the total. Seattle at Atlanta, the dream take care of business on their home court. Atlanta wins at 85-75, but a a strong close by Seattle gives them the cover. So if you back the storm, you get the money. They were plus 14. They lose it by 10. 85-75, game stays under the 167. And right now, your Las Vegas Aces taking care of business once again. 17-2 coming into the evening. 55-38. They're up by 17. 7.20 to go third quarter in L.A. against the Sparks, and now 55-41. So we'll keep tabs there. No other games on the docket. Major League Baseball will not start back up until Friday. And even on Friday, only one game with the White Sox at Atlanta to take on the Braves. Tomorrow you've got CFL. You've got a game with Hamilton and Edmonton. Hamilton a one-point favorite, 42.5 your total. But that is it on the docket. So we're going to get ready for college football, NFL. Training camp's going to start up soon. If you missed it, the New York Jets will be that team on HBO on Hard Knocks. Looking forward to that. Aaron Rodgers, of course, the new quarterback for the Jets. And uh, she makes for some, uh, some great TVs, some great sound bites and uh, we'll see how all that pans out but right now welcome in my good buddy mr mark lawrence he'll be out in vegas real soon right now still there in the sunshine state mark how are things going on this wednesday night well i think we're matching you temperature for temperature uh here south florida and las vegas kenny it's uh it's a sweat box uh here and around most of the country there you go so what is your temperature what is your high today well we talk down here in feel like temperature because uh with all the humidity we have, it, it sort of puts it in Las Vegas-type temperature. But we were feel like 105 today is what we were. Okay, so feeling like 105. But, yes, that's right. We have the dry heat out here in Las Vegas. So even when it hits, you know, 112, 115, you know, we get up there. There's no question. Not as hot as Phoenix today right now sitting at 104. Uh, hit 107 this afternoon. But, yeah, down in Phoenix, there's been some 114s, 115s. And, of course, I go back and forth between those two states. So I'm a desert rat. And uh, you know what? I've acclimated my body pretty well as far as to those high temperatures. But I do not miss that humidity, Mr. Mark Lawrence. Growing up in Jersey and uh, even, you know, back in Illinois in the day, in the surface days, don't miss that humidity in those summer days. And I know you get it there in the Sunshine State as well. Yeah, we do, Kenny. I walk every day, and uh, it's like being in a sauna. There's no question about it. But uh, thank goodness for the swimming pool this time of the year because it sort of evens things out, if you know what I'm saying. There you go. Well, we're into Conference USA. And, Mark, there's not a lot, there's not a lot left of Conference USA uh, the last couple of years. Uh, they've been pillaged big time. And a lot of the teams going for the American Athletic Conference, the Sun Belt. Uh, right now you have some new entries coming in as a couple new teams coming up from FCS level in Jacksonville State and Sam Houston State, Liberty coming over from an ind- being an independent, New Mexico State as well. Uh, but really only a few teams left, Florida International, one of those teams, Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, and Western Kentucky. Those are your teams that are left over as well as UTEP. So you had five teams left over, four new entries. Boy, Conference USA, just not what it used to be, Mark. 
No, it's not, Kenny. Uh, in fact, it does appear that the uh, the days are numbered for the Conference USA, especially with the making of the super conferences that are happening right now. Uh, we're down to nine teams inside this conference here, and uh, it's probably it's not this year, next year or two. Uh, it's going to be the demise of the Conference USA. It's a shame because they made a run at being the best of the Power Five conferences for a while there, but. Uh, money talks, and a lot of these teams walk when it happens, and it's happening to the Conference USA right now. They're really just a, what we call the shrinking violet right now at the moment. There you go. Well, one of the teams is right there in your backyard, Florida International, the Golden Panthers, Mike McIntyre, second year. You know, tough over there uh, with the Panthers, no doubt. Uh, four and eight last year, five and six against the number. They'll actually open up conference play on August the 26th, one of those week zero games at Louisiana Tech in Ruston against Hank Bachmeyer, the transfer quarterback. We'll get to him, of course, coming over from Boise State. But let's uh, talk a little FIU football and Mike McIntyre because this guy's got head coaching experience. He's a very positive person. Uh, Quarterbacks, he's got a couple of them in Grayson James and Hayden Carlson, but I think James may be that guy. What about FIU, Mark? Well, he if he's not a if he's not a coach whisperer, he's at least a fixer because he he's been been there and done that before at San Jose State uh, when they were really wallowing the Spartans back in the day. Uh, he come in and he turned that program around from three and twenty two to sixteen and nine. Now he comes into FIU last year. He inherited a one win team, a team that won one game the two previous years combined, and he went four and eight last football season. So. Uh, they're pretty. They're pretty pumped up about what he, his prospects are and what he does as a head coach. And he's got some talent to work with here, as far as returning starters goes. Anyway, uh, it was the last time that they've had a winning season. Kenny, you got to go back to 2018, and they've gone just 11 and 31 since then. So it's been a long time between drinks of water for this football program here. And uh, he's got a football team here, like I mentioned, with 17 starters coming back. There's only three and a half wins on their season win total here. And I know patience is the operative word here, but I'm a big Mike McIntyre fan. And, and uh, I think he can get over this three-and-a-half win total here this season here. And uh, if he can do that, he'll stay on pace looking to do what he does best, and that's fix football programs. Yeah, a couple uh, grad transfers coming over, including Avery Huff from Miami from the Hurricanes. Didn't get a lot of playing time, but he's coming over the Red Shirt Senior, seeing if he can help solidify that defense for the Golden Panthers. Mark, win total for FIU? Three-and-a-half wins, Kenny. And, wow. Uh, you know, but remember, this football team won four games last year, and they're coming back. Uh, you remember last year they had uh, only nine starters came back last year, so he's got uh, almost twice as many coming back this year. I think uh, I think they can get there. They've got a gimme game with Maine, and uh, they got Connecticut on the schedule, uh, New Mexico State on the schedule, Sam Houston on the schedule, Jacksonville State on the schedule. I think this team can get over three and a half wins. All right, and then we look at Jacksonville State. This will be their first year of Conference USA, and, of course, coming up from the FCS level, the Gamecocks, always tough as an FCS team, transitioning now to Division One and to that uh, Conference USA. Zion Webb, their quarterback. They also have Malik Jackson, a running back that transferred from UL Monroe, uh, hoping to spark the ground attack a little bit. Uh, Wells is back as far as Galvin uh, receiving-wise, and then coming over from Arizona, uh, Jameer Joyner coming over as well. So another uh, transfer there, D1 transfer coming over to help out Rich Rodriguez. And we know Rich Rod can flat-out coach. I mean, the guy's been uh, at this for a long time, and he's coached at a very high level, and we know his offenses are always exciting. What about the offense, and what about Jacksonville State as a whole, Mark? 
I think they could be a little bit of a sleeper team here this year as well, Kenny. Uh, you're taking a look at uh, a little bit of a salty schedule, if you will. They got eight opponents that had winning records last football season here. Uh, five of their six road games this year feature those same winning opponents here. So if he can hold serve at home, Rich Rod, I think they can make a little bit of noise here this season here. What he did real nice last year is he scored 34 or more points nine times last year, obviously in all their nine wins that they recorded on the football season here. I just like their head their head coach here. I think he's doing a great job, and he's doing what every other good coach does here. Right now he's got 16 starters back and a ton of JUCO transfers coming into this program here. I know they're excited to make this splash into the FBS waters this football season. They're going to host UTEP in their first football game at home. And believe me, uh, the Gamecocks will be pumped up for that football game. I've got them also getting over five and a half wins for the total. There you go. And that would get them bowling in their first year at FBS level. FCS-wise last year, very impressive, nine and two straight up and a very solid squad. And again, we'll see what Jacksonville State can do, a program at the FCS level that was always tough. And then when you have a coach with the experience of Rich Rodriguez, you know that team could be dangerous. Slip in one more team before we take our first break of the evening. And Liberty, that's big for SportsX Michelle. SportsX Michelle, my sister right now, getting her doctorate at Liberty online, and she's about two-thirds of the way. So I uh, can't wait to call her Dr. Manali. And uh, hopefully, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I don't even know how. Some of this stuff that she's studying, Mark, I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. She's got a master's in uh, uh, criminal justice, and then she's working right now in uh, education, and you know, as far as the Ph.D. and just all these different angles of all this stuff. And she's just a- unbelievable. And I always we had this great aunt in Brooklyn, my Aunt Dara, and she was always reading at 5000 books and all these little bookcases all throughout their apartment there in Brooklyn and always reading those books and always doing the New York Times crossword puzzle on Sundays and getting it done in an hour or two. And uh, my sister, Sports X Michelle, is the one that really grabbed that torch and took it as far as keep on learning because she's always learning and always elevating her education so very very proud of her and when she does graduate we will make it there to virginia there liberty flames wise i got to watch her walk on stage but jamie chadwell comes over because liberty of course loses their coach back to the sec with hugh freeze but jamie chadwell what a job he did there coastal carolina he's in his first year now with liberty they'll open up with bowling green then they'll get right into conference play with new mexico state who was also an independent last year like the flames talk to me a little bit about liberty because we know this team's got potential they did a heck of a job scoring points they you know put malik willis in the in the nfl and uh it's a team that's really elevated play in lynchburg virginia over the last several years well um, they look to be the team to beat in the conference this year kenny nine and a half wins is their season win total here but i'm a little bit concerned about whether or not they can win 10 games this season the first year under jamie chadwell Reason being, if you take a look at uh, their returning production, what they bring back here, they rank 102nd in the country. They're kind of thin that way. And that what that is is basically looking at the two deep on this roster along with the returning starters here, and it's awfully light that way. What benefits them somewhat this year is there's not a, a power five opponent on their schedule to be found anywhere. That puts them in against teams that they should probably and will likely be favored against most of the time this football season here. But my biggest concern, like I say, is this returning production ranking here, just 102 in the country here. That's a tall, hefty number, nine and a half wins for a new head coach with a program like Liberty here. I'm going to go under that total. Yeah, and then when you look at that game, October 24th, 
at Western Kentucky against Austin Reed and those Hilltoppers, we know that could be one for all the marbles there as far as Conference USA. We'll see how that one pans out. But it is a tough road environment to go to. And they'll also have to go to Jacksonville State two weeks before that. And Rich Rod's team may be elevated and acclimated already to D1 play by that time. So we'll see how things do pan out. We will take a break. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Dawn streaming live on the Odyssey app. If you haven't downloaded that sucker, A-U-D-A-C-Y, do it now. We'll come back. Mark Lawrence in his ninth year here at SportsX Radio on Wednesday nights talking Conference USA this week. We go around alphabetically and we hit all the conferences and then we'll get into the NFL uh, with both conferences, the AFC and the NFC prior to the start of the National Football League season. We are live from Steiner's Pope. Again, it is Ken Thompson. It is Mark Lawrence. Producer Mark Hoke running the show, running the big board. And, of course, the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling, Sunday mornings. If you like professional wrestling, you will love the Mark Hoke Show. Follow Mark at Mark Hoke Show, at Mark Lawrence. Mark spelled with a C for Mark Lawrence. And, of course, you can follow the show two ways, at SportsX Radio and at Ken Thompson 87 If you miss any part of the show, the Rewind feature is set to roll right there on that Odyssey app after the show is over. Or you can just go and follow Ken Thompson on those two Twitter handles, and it'll be pinned at both at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio on multiple platforms. Live from Vegas, live at Steiner's Pub, you're listening to SportsX Radio. I am Ken Thompson. We'll be right back. Mark Hoke spinning the hits here on a Wednesday night. A little Disco Inferno, the Tramps, as we come back on a Wednesday night. KT Live, Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, one of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you. And if you're new to Vegas, and a lot of people always moving in to our great city, uh, three Steiner's Pub locations, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South. That's right there on Windmill and Las Vegas Boulevard. So right there in between South Point and Mandalay Bay, kind of put it in perspective there. And then 8410 West Cheyenne, that's the original on the west side, as is 1750 North Buffalo, which is inside the Albertson Shopping Center and uh, right there at Vegas Drive. So that kind of gives you your bearings a little bit. SportsX Radio rolling on through. The Aces taking care of business handily tonight on the road. Short little John over to L.A. taking on the L.A. Sparks right now up by 26 as they near the end of the third quarter, 78-52. to 52. Becky Hammond has the gals ready to play tonight and looking like they're going to take care of business to get that 18th win. T.C. Martin giving the call of the game, our good pal, and I hope to have him back in studio sometime real soon. Mark Lawrence on the horn right now on the PSBR Law Hotline, and Mark and I, of course, talking a little college football each and every Wednesday right now, and uh, we've been talking Conference USA, Liberty, the last team that we talked about, and we're, of course, going alphabetically, and that means Louisiana Tech up next. And Sonny Cumbie, that head coach that uh, we remember him slinging that ball around pretty good with Texas Tech back in the day when he was uh, throwing that ball. Coming off a tough year, La Tech 3-9, and nine, and the boys from Ruston usually better than that. They will, as we said earlier when we talked about Florida International, will open up against FIU at home in Ruston before getting the non-conference schedule underway in Dallas against SMU. Mark, what about La Tech? Because they've got some players, and they've got a couple real solid tackles as far as Conference USA. Uh, Dakota White, really, really good. And then uh, Carson Bruno, also solid. And when you bring over a new quarterback like Hank Bachmeyer, and this kid, there's no question, has got an arm. 
uh, ended up losing his starting job at Boise State, so uh, transfers over. But I think Sonny Cumbie's going to get a lot out of Bachmeyer. Where are you as far as Louisiana Tech, the boys from Ruston? I think Bachmeyer was a huge pickup for Sonny Cumbie here. Uh, I know, like you mentioned, Kenny, he did lose a starting job at Boise State, but he did put some pretty nice numbers up there as well. Uh, take a look, uh, over 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 41 career touchdowns. I remember he played as a freshman at Boise State, so there's some experience coming here, and I think it's a big, big pickup. Uh, he could end up being one of the best quarterbacks inside that conference this year. The defense is what he's going to have to patch up here, though, Kenny. They've gotten worse each of the last four years in a row progressively, and that's what did them in last year. They were a 469-yard defense that allowed 38 points per game. That's not going to cut the mustard. And what's a little bit unusual about what Cumbie did uh, last year in his first season here, look at his home-road dichotomy. It's completely inside out of what you would think. Uh, on the road, he went four and three straight up, and uh, five and one against the spread at home. He was only uh, one and nine and three and seven to the spread on the highway. So, I think he's got some defensive woes to have to tackle here. And uh, until he does that, I don't know if, whether or not they're going to get over that six and a half win total this season or not. Yeah, here's the thing. I mean, if they can protect him, and again, those tackles pretty solid, so blindside will be covered pretty well there for La Tech. You have Smoke Harris coming back at 66 receptions, 640 and five touchdowns, but Cyrus Allen as a freshman, Mark, only 22 receptions, but for 500 yards, nearly 23 per reception and four touchdowns. That kid is a game breaker. They're going to have to get it to Smoke Harris and to Cyrus Allen and uh, have pretty good tight end play as well, but you're right. They've got a lot of question marks coming off that 3-9 and nine campaign. We'll see what Sonny Cumbie does in Ruston with Louisiana Tech. Next up on the docket, Middle Tennessee State and hard to believe Rick Stockstill now in his 18th year there with the Blue Raiders 109-103 and 103, straight up overall and they open up, well, in Tuscaloosa September 2nd. They are at Alabama and then Rick Stockstill's like ah, you know what, why we're scheduling SEC teams, let's go to Missouri after that. Why, why not make it easy on the kids? I mean, I love Stockstill because he doesn't care. He's going to get the kids the experience. He's going to get them, you know, in some environments. that's big-time college football, and he's going to try and get the most out of them. They've got a couple good offensive players. Frank Peasant, one of the better running backs, not only in the conference, but a pretty good guy in the country as well. And then D.J. England Chisholm, also an excellent wide receiver. So they've got some playmakers. There's no question on offense. What can we expect from Stockdale's crew? Well, like you said, Kenny, you got to love the guy. I mean, you take a look, go backwards. Uh, uh, in 2018, uh, he went on the road to play Georgia. The next year, he went on the road to play Michigan. Uh, last year he was at Miami of Florida. Now he's going to Alabama and Missouri. So you know, give him his uh, give him his due, his armor of shield. I mean, he what he does is he prepares his football team for the games that they'll be playing further on down the road. Next to Kurt Ferentz, I believe he's the second longest tenured coach in the uh, in uh, FBS. With his uh, will be his 18th year this particular football season here. He's one of my favorite coaches here because uh, even when his kids were the quarterbacks, uh, they were always competitive. All six road games this year are all against teams that were in bowl games or had winning records last year. Then look at the flip side of that equation, Kenny. The six home games, five of them are against losing teams. So obviously he takes care of business at home like he should. Pulls one or two road wins here. Six and a half wins is a season win total. I'll be stunned if Middle Tennessee State is not bowling this football season. 
There you go. And they have two excellent defensive tackles in Zaylin Wood and Marley Cook. Both guys six and a half sacks last year. And that's always good because a lot of times we'll look at defensive ends and they'll be the guys that get the sacks. Defensive tackles usually clogging up the middle on the run. But both Wood and Cook, very, very active. And they had Jordan Ferguson last year, an excellent defensive end. So they had 36 sacks. The problem was the offensive line gave up 37 sacks. But again, like we talked about, early on in the season. Stockstill not afraid to go out and take on teams like Alabama and Missouri out of the SEC. So we love Coach Stockstill. You're right. His, uh, his kid's not slinging it around from uh, the quarterback position there for the Blue Raiders any longer. But it's going to be fun to watch them, and I agree with you. I think this is a team that has enough playmakers on both sides of the ball that they may be able to get bowling up and over that win total. And they are also at Western Kentucky. Mark, that is a big game because that starts conference play after their four non-conference games. After the game at Bama at it, and at Missouri, they get Murray State and Colorado State at home, and then they go to Western Kentucky. And that is a big-time game. If they can somehow take out the Hilltoppers there September 28th, they may, be, they may be right there, you know, challenging uh, teams like Western Kentucky and Liberty for that Conference USA title. I agree, Kenny. It's all about the schedule with him. The first four games, as you mentioned, are non-conference opponents. Everything going out, the final eight games are all against teams that are the Conference USA, just like Rick Stockstill likes it. There you go. Jerry Kill, second year. This guy's been around for a long time. And we thought at one time when he was having those epileptic seizures that we may not see Jerry Kill any longer. But this guy perseveres. Mark, I just love this guy. I mean, I really do. He just keeps coming at it. And Las Cruces, not an easy place to get you know, good, solid ball players, but they're no longer an independent. They found a home. They'll open with UMass, who's still an independent, Western Illinois. And then they open up conference play at Liberty at New Mexico and at Hawaii. So four of their first five are non-conference, but they do have that game at Liberty there in Lynchburg, Virginia, which will be their opener in Conference USA. What do we have from the Aggies of New Mexico State? Well, he's one of these, uh, another one of these uh, program builders, if you will, uh, Jerry Kill is, Kenny. You take a look, uh, going backwards a little bit, when he took over the Southern Illinois program, they were 1-10. and 10. He took them to 10-2. and two. two years later, he went up to Northern Illinois, took a losing team, and he went 10-3 and three in only two years thereafter. Now he's inheriting a New Mexico State football program that was arguably uh, amongst the worst of all the college football FBS teams in the country prior to his arriving there. He wins seven games last year, goes to a bowl, wins a bowl game on top of it, they got to love Jerry Kill. They're probably, if he could run for governor, he'd probably win that race in New Mexico uh, this football or this season here, this next election. I like him. Uh, he's got a five-win season win total here. There's a lot of positiveness with him being around the football program here. He's got a, a quarterback transfer that came over from Texas A&M. He's a four-star recruit. Eli Stowers is there. Uh, I like what he's been doing here with this football program here. I've got him going over those five wins for the season. Yeah, and Diego Pavia is still there as well. So we know he can uh, flat out pick him up, put him down, and then start Thomas. Excellent running back. So they've got some play uh, playmakers, no doubt, as well. Cordell David, also very, very solid wide receiver, comes back. And then Reggie uh, Ackles actually transfers in and uh, comes over to try and put a little bit more spark in that wide receiver core. So a lot of question marks there for New Mexico State, but Jerry Kill is a guy that can take chemi- can take uh, talent and turn it into chemistry. We'll see what he's able to do. And that brings us to our next new team that's making the transition from FCS and a very strong powerhouse from FCS for a while. We're talking about Sam Houston's Bearcats, and it's Bearcats spelled with that K, B-E-A-R-K-A-T-S. K.C. Keeler now in his eighth year. What a record he's got, Mark. 85-26 and 26 
at the FCS level. He's got 15 guys coming back. What can we expect from the Bearcats of Sam Houston State? Because it's a very proud program at the FCS level, but as my buddy Chuck Edel would say, they're taking a step up in class. They are doing just that, but they're ready for it, Kenny, here. This coach has got them really prepared. You mentioned that 85-26 and record. 14 of those wins came over top 10 ranked opponents. Also, 14 wins in the NCAA postseason. Uh, FCS National Champions in 2020, they know what winning is all about, this football program does here. Uh, You take a look at at the roster here, their first six opponents, again, all bowl teams last year. That's going to be a real tough test for them right out of the gate. Six games to start the season, all against fellow bowl teams. I'm a little bit concerned about what happened last year when that offense just completely went MIA. They, they slipped back 135 yards a game last year. But this is all about the coach here, Kenny. And I think he'll, he can get the job done here. They rank number 31 in the country in returning production rankings. So there's some depth and there's some experience coming back with this program here. I'm going to be a big Bearcat fan this football season as well. Yeah, they're a fun team to watch. And Mark Hoke, of course, uh, his alma mater, North Dakota State, so he knows all about Sam Houston State. UTEP next up in line and uh, – uh, relative on uh, my wife's side, Calvin Brownholtz, he finished up his senior year, was able to step in when Gavin Hardison went down. But Hardison's back, and he's a good, solid quarterback for the minors. And Dana Dimmel in his sixth year, I like Dana Dimmel, man. He's a, he's a good, solid coach. Look, his record straight up is 17-40. and 40. But this team's always in big games. Last year, they lost the finale, which would have got them bowling. They lost at UTSA, and the Roadrunners, you know, unblemished and and just a a real solid program and they had that game they were up 17 nothing they lost a heartbreaker 34 31 easily covered the 16 and a half point spread in fact they covered uh five of the last eight games i don't know what we can expect this year because demo has lost some talent but i do like the quarterback situation what about the minors the boys from el paso I'm with you. I'm a big Dana Demo fan here as well. Another coach that finds ways to make football programs better. As you mentioned here, Kenny, here, he took over a program that was really sliding uh, just 2-34 and 34 over a three-year stretch from 2017 to 2019. Now you go backwards the last three years, they're 13-18. and 18, So he's got this football program thinking positive and doing good things uh, heading into this football season here. 14 starters back, uh, seven on both sides of the football here. Uh, and they would have gone bowling last year. Uh, they had a, a chance, I should say, to go bowling last year, but uh, they failed in their final game at UTSA. They lost three of their final four football games. That might be a rallying cry for this football program here. And also remember, Dimmel hit the JUCO ranks real hard in the offseason. 25 JUCOs are in on this football program here this year. They're going to be pushing real hard to become bowl eligible this football season. There you go. All right, well, that saves the maybe the best for last. We know Austin Reed, leading passer in the country last year, outstanding quarterback, and thought he was going to go elsewhere. NIL money was out there. He ends up sticking around there, and he'll come back and play for the Hilltoppers. And there's some players there on the offensive side of the ball, no question. On the defensive side of the ball, they've got a couple good ones, including Simpkins' excellent uh, nickel back that uh, leads that Hilltopper defense. Uh, Jacquez Evans on the defensive line, outstanding as well. On the offensive side of the ball, look out for Malachi Corley, real good receiver, and that's the guy that Austin Reed will try and get that ball to uh, most of the time. He's also got a pretty experienced offensive line as well, and that's led by Quintavious Leslie, very solid offensive guard. Mark, what are we talking about with this Hilltoppers team? Because they could be the team to beat. 
I think they are the team to beat, Kenny, here. I know the season win total is a little bit higher on Liberty, but I like the makeup of this Western Kentucky program a lot better here. It starts with the head coach, Tyson Helton, who knows all about winning. It's his fifth year with the program. He's gone 32-21 and 21 with them, and he'll fill the air with a lot of passing yards. Austin Reed, as you mentioned, led the nation last year over 4,700 passing yards, 40 touchdowns, and you know they're going to be anxious to do just that this football season as well. And if you take, if you if you do this, Kenny, if you take UTSA out of the out of the equation the last two years, they're 12 and one straight up and uh, 10 and three against the spread against teams inside the conference USA. So everybody other than UTSA, they've rather dominated. And I like what makes up this football team here is they're not all about the offense. Their defense tied with number one with Iowa last year with the most defensive touchdowns that were scored on the football season here. So if the offense doesn't get the job done, the defense can do just that. I think this is the football team to beat in the side of this Conference USA this year. Yeah, and special teams always important. And Tom Ellard, best punter in the conference, the guy that can flip the field as well when things don't pan out with Austin Reed leading that offense. But it's going to be interesting, Mark, because they open with South Florida, then they get Houston Christian, but then they go to Columbus to the horseshoe against Ohio State. And the main thing is to come out of that game with experience, but also make sure that you keep those starters injury-free. You do that, and then you transition into Conference USA play. Should have a lot of confidence, and after seeing that Buckeye offense and defense, everything's going to look rather easy after that. I would think so, too. That's a little bit of that Rick Stockstill type of uh, thinking, you know, schedule some of the big boys early uh, and then find yourself in the conference play. Going to Ohio State is about as tough as it gets for a team from Western Kentucky. They're border rivals, if you will, Ohio and Kentucky, but nonetheless, it will be the biggest game in Western Kentucky's football history. All right. So, Mark, you like Western Kentucky to win Conference USA? Yes, I do. All right, so great stuff. And that's, uh, of course, you've got the playbook out, and it's great to have that playbook. And, Mark, I gave six of those suckers away. People were here, and uh, it was a nice packed house earlier, and people coming right up to the table and uh, wanting that Mark Lawrence magazine. Now, Mark, it's out there at the Gambler's Bookstore here in Vegas. Uh, Also, uh, KT will have uh, a couple more Wednesdays. I say three more Wednesdays with about five or six to give away. And after that, you're going to be on your own. But, Mark, let everybody know not only how they can get the magazine, uh, the tangible magazine, but also they can get the online version. And they can also become part of the coffee club. And, of course, they can get Mark Lawrence's picks from Playbook Sports. Yeah, everything we do, Kenny, all available online at playbooksports.com. We just published our black book, Kenny. And that's a real nice little 120-page insider Uh, book, I should say. It's got all kinds of super systems in it and all kinds of 100% perfect winning trends. That's available online at playbooksports.com. And like I say, if you subscribe to any of my publications or any of my services, you get the coffee club as a free no-charge bonus. It's my overview on the card that particular day, and it's in your email box, as you know, Kenny, nice and bright and early at 6 a.m. Eastern. In fact, Andy Isco said to me, I get it at 3 a.m. Eastern because he's on the West Coast. So he didn't know whether to stay up for the, for the coffee club or go to bed and get it in the morning. But either way, it's there bright and early. There you go. AI not feeling the best uh, over the last two days, but hopefully he'll be ready and raring to go tomorrow on a throwback Thursday. Always enjoy Andy Isco, the original AI. Not Andre Iguodala, not Allen Iverson, not artificial intelligence. It's Andy Isco. Although Isco's intelligence, sometimes it's so off the charts, it seems like it's artificial, no doubt. Uh, Mark Lawrence, appreciate you. Where do we go next week? Because we don't have a lot of independence. Do we just 
touch on the independents, or, or, or do we go right to another? We'll, we'll skip the Indies next week, Kenny. We'll, we'll bring them up along the way toward the end. Maybe we'll meld them in with somebody else. But, but let's go over to the uh, Mid-America and the MAC Conference here. That's a pretty nice little conference, uh, one of the Power Five conferences that always makes a lot of noise and has a potential for a lot of upsets. So we'll go to the Mid-America next week. Yeah, a group of five conference. Don't be putting the Mac in the Power Five conference. That's just the old Ohio Mark Lawrence coming out right there. That's, that's just good stuff. Lawrence, you're the best, man. I know you're a Buckeye backer, but I know you really enjoy the Mac and got to see a lot of Mac action growing up. Maction, as we call it. And I do love that they play on the off nights on the weekdays, so we get to see football pretty much every night during the college football season. Same back time, same back channel. Mr. Mark Lawrence, look forward to it next Wednesday. God bless. Best to you and Colleen and Junior. We'll talk to you then, Mark. Have a great week. Kenny, be well. Stay safe. Tell Krista we said the same. Take care. Bye-bye. Outstanding stuff, Mark Lawrence. Uh, last break of hour number one come back and get you caught up a little bit more on the scores and some headlines uh, again we know that it's going to be the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers on hard knocks that should be some interesting footage no question as we go into the regular season we'll see what those Jets have I know a lot of people have them in their top 10 as far as power rankings I'm a wait and see guy and they are actually in the Hall of Fame game the Jets are so I actually have an updated line have all the lines out and you can stop by the Westgate Superbook right there, 3000 Paradise, and you can go in and you can grab all the football lines, the pro football lines for the entire season. They are all there, courtesy of Jay Cornegay and the guys. They've done an outstanding job, and they've got all of that together. We've got uh, all the NFL win totals. We've got Heisman Trophy, uh, NFL MVP, I mean, all that stuff. And KT always brings a bunch of those sheets out to 1750 North Buffalo. So if you're making it in here, stop by the table and just grab the sheets that I put out there on the table, and you'll be able to be uh, acclimated to all that NFL and college football material before the season start up. Take a break, come back, wrap things up with my producer, Mark Hoke, and let you know a little bit about the Preventative Diagnostic Center. We are live. It is SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK. Don't stream live on that Odyssey app. Ken Thompson live at Steiner's, coming right back on a Wednesday night. Introduce myself as low. She said, you're a liar. I said, I got it going on, baby doll, and I'm a liar. Took it to the hotel. She said, you're the king. I said, I'll be my queen, if you know what I mean. And let's do the wild thing. Wild Ah, uh, Mark Hoke going into the archives, baby. Big time. A little, uh, it's not throwback Thursday. It's a little throwback Wednesday right there. A little tone loke and a little wild thing. KT live at Steiner's Pub. Finishing up hour number one. Remember, demographically, if you fall between 40 and 72 years of age, you're pretty fortunate here in the Vegas Valley if you live here. But if you don't, you can set up an appointment anyway around your trip into Vegas. Most people will make it into Vegas at least once a year. And if you uh, can do so and you have a weekday that, you know, maybe you have some time or you want to make some time because we've got the only scanner of its kind in the region. Gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. Talking about the Preventative Diagnostic Center under Dr. John Pierce. He's got an outstanding crew and PDCenterLV.com is the website. You can go check things out. But pretty fortunate that we have one of these scanners. There's only three of them in the country. We've got one right here in our backyard in Las Vegas. So you can call the Preventative Diagnostic Center now. You can leave a message, schedule that free educational consultation, let them know Ken Thompson's 
SportsX Radio sent you. You know the 702 area code for Vegas, 534-7900, 534-7900, 534-7900. Give a call, leave a message, they'll get back to you. Comfortable scan takes just a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. It'll come, it'll be all typed out like off a teletype. Each one of your organs broken down, and then you also have that information on disc as well. And, you know, worst-case scenario, you know, there may be something wrong in one of your organs. There may be something showing up. It's about 17% of the scans that come back. There is some irregularity, and then that gives you a chance to combat it early because... You know, that's what you want to do. I know, you know, initially I thought back in the day, you know, if something happens and, and I, I'm medically hurting, I, I don't want to know about it, right? But you really do because when you find out, if you found out maybe you got stage 2 cancer or early lung disease or, uh, you know, heart disease, you can do stuff to combat it, right? You can get on a program. You can change things up. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about, being proactive. Again, that comfortable scan only takes a few minutes, and you get that detailed report. And uh, you also have that special that's running at you. So get in the door. They can check out all your organs, but they have the great consultation set up, the heart CT scan and calcium score. That's $125 for a $600 value, significant other, absolutely free. So the two of you get in there, get your hearts checked out for a total of $125, $1,200 value. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Call the Preventive Diagnostic Center. Again, right now they are closed, but leave a message. They will get back to you. Mike and the crew do an outstanding job there. 534-7900, 534-7900. Again, pdcenterlv.com. Go check things out. They got the scanner there. They got some uh, FAQ questions. But when you leave that message and leave your number, they'll get back to you and set you up that free educational consultation. Dr. John Pierce will take good care of you. Now in their fourth year here in the Vegas Valley, it is the Preventative Diagnostic Center, and that means if you're coming in from out of town, you can set things up as well on one of those days that you're going to be free. You want to jump on those appointments because they fill up because a lot of people fall demographically in that 32-year span, 40 and 72, and it gives you a chance to get in there and be proactive. KT's got about a minute and a half, two minutes to go here, hour number one. Let me go uh, right to that Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Should be near the end of the game. Yeah, a minute 45 to go in L.A., all Las Vegas. Aces taking care of business, the defending champions under Becky Hammond, 93-72, up by 21. 13-and-a-half is the spread, so looking like they're going to cover that. 170-and-a-half is your total, and it's sitting at 165 right now, so you never know. You still need six points. Keep an eye on that and see how it finishes. But all the other games are final. Gave you those earlier. And I thought, you know, we'd have more Major League Baseball by Friday. I mean, it used to be like that. You know, the game's on Tuesday, and you may have a game or two on Thursday following the All-Star break. And then, you know, a full slate pretty much on Friday going into the weekend. This year, no games on Thursday. And then you just have the one game with the White Sox and Braves on Friday before everybody gets back in action on Saturday. So a little bit different, but you know what? We'll take the time and just uh, bathe in the glory with Mark Hoke's Orioles. Mark, real quick, I know you're looking forward to that next half of the year. It's a little bit more than halfway home, but I'm feeling good about the O's, man. I'm really feeling good. I think they have a great chance to not only win the AL East, but also represent the American League. I don't want to put a whammy on you, but I've been strong on them all year long, and you have as well. I don't believe in whammies, Ken. I believe in talent. But, yeah, this is going to be a heck of a finish. Got a lot of great teams in the American League, Ken. This is going to be a dogfight the whole way to the end, and especially in the AL East. I mean, you can finish first, you can finish last. I mean, the way things are going. So should be, a, well, shall we say some quality entertainment to finish the baseball season. 
The Orioles are down to 9-1 to one to win the American League pennant at the Westgate. Way back when, they were much higher than that. And, of course, to be the World Series champs, the Orioles, you can still get them at 18-1. to one. So, you know, I, I still think there's value 9-1 to one to come out of the AL. National League breaks that whammy and wins the All-Star game 3-2 to two last night. Hour number one in the books, KT and Mark, producer Mark Ho coming back. And Dan Saley joining me right here. We're going to talk a little Big 12 football. Last week we got seven of those Big 12 teams in. We'll get the other seven. Yeah, there's 14 in the Big 12 next year. They'll be down to the 12 number that they need. We're live from Vegas, live at Steiner's Pub. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke, 101.5 FM, Don streaming live on that Odyssey app. We'll be right back. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT Live, 1750 North Buffalo, Steiner's Pub, 103 in the Vegas Valley, to serve you. By the way, the 20-year anniversary for this location will come up on August the 20th, and that's a Sunday. So I know Roger Sachs will have a nice little party here as uh, year number 20 for this particular location. It is year 25 for the original 8410 West Cheyenne. Not sure on the one at 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South. I'll have to get that one from Sachsey and find out uh, how long they've been in biz. Uh, I did come out and say, and I was looking at uh, one site that actually only showed one game, uh, odds on one game on Friday, Major League Baseball, but Andy Esco texted me and said, KT, everybody's playing on Friday. So that's good news uh, as far as Major League Baseball. It just seemed like an oddity to me, but uh, just the site that I was looking at uh, in Epton did not have the correct information. So we do have a full slate of Major League Baseball after the All-Star break, getting loaded on Friday. Looking forward to that. White Sox will be in Atlanta. Braves with the best record in baseball. The Orioles are at home against the Miami Marlins team that's been very, very impressive. I am, like, blown away how good the Marlins have been, sitting second behind the Atlanta Braves in the NL East. Padres trying to get their act together. They'll be in Philadelphia on Friday, and that's key for both those teams. Phil's playing pretty decent ball going into the break, and the Padres still under 500. They've got to get their act together. Real neat series up north of the border with Arizona at Toronto. And then a key one in the NL Central with Milwaukee and the Cincinnati Reds. The Mets, if they're going to do anything, they got to get off to a good start. They'll play the Dodgers at home to start things off. And then Boston, they're playing good ball. They're over 500. They're in the cellar in the AL East, but still playing excellent ball against the Chicago Cubs. And the Cubbies not out of things as far as the NL Central. Tampa Bay still with the best record in the American League, but they've really fallen on hard times going into the break, able to get that last game 
but uh, dropped seven before that. They're in Kansas City. Washington's at St. Louis. A lot of work for the Redbirds. Yankees banged up. We'll see what they can do. They go to Colorado. Should get some home run success, but they're still hurting. They need to get Judge back big time. Houston and the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. Angels all banged up. Houston going to try and get back on track. Minnesota at Oakland against the soon-to-be Las Vegas A's and Detroit at Seattle. And uh, both those teams not out of it. Seattle's really got to get going in the NL West to, you know, at least try and claim share of a wild card uh, or try and hunt down Texas. But they got a lot of work to do in Detroit. They're not out of it, of course, because they're in the AL Central. And if I said NL West, I meant AL West as far as Seattle. But Detroit in the AL Central still uh, has an opportunity because that's the weakest uh, weakest division as far as all of Major League Baseball. SportsX Radio, final score uh, from Los Angeles. The Aces take care of business 97-78, to the final. The game does hit 175, so it does go over the 170 and a half, and the Aces cover that 13 and a half, winning it by 19. And uh, that is it. Only game still going. Mexico leads Jamaica in the semifinals of the CONCACAF Gold Cup. 2 0 the score. They're in the 71st minute. Panama shocks the USA, beats them in a shootout. Game's, game finished. Nil nil regulation. Then in extra time, both teams scored a goal. And then in the shootout, it went to an extra shooter. And Mexico, or, uh, Panama ends up winning by a goal. It might have been 4-3. Uh, I think they may have won uh, and end up winning in the shootout against the USA. So at Allegiant Stadium, we know Panama will be there. Looks like Panama and Mexico, unless something drastically happens, to get Jamaica back into that game. As far as Wimbledon, well, we know that Djokovic is going to be in the semifinals. But Christopher Eubanks, who had a nice upset the other day, Nearly got another one, led Medvedev two sets to one, but lost that four sets, 7-6, seven, 7-4 seven, in the tiebreaker, and then Medvedev put him away big time in the fifth set, 6-1. to one. Alcaraz, the number one seed, took out Holger Rune, the sixth seed, in straight sets, 7-6, seven, 6-4, six, six, four, six, four. Uh, As far as on the ladies' side, getting to the semifinals will be Sabalenka and Jabor. They will meet. Coming up in a couple days, Madison Keys loses to Sabalenka. Keys the twenty-five, the seed at number twenty-five. Sabalenka the number two seed. She's the highest left because Swiatek lost yesterday. Jabor the uh, six seed out of Tunisia, taking out uh, Rybakina in uh, three sets, losing six-seven, then winning six-four, six-one. So tomorrow, as far as on the docket at Wimbledon, it'll be the ladies' semifinals. It'll be Alina's Vitalina against Marquina. Von Druzeva, and then it'll be Anjibor and Arena Sabalenka. So Svitolina and Von Druzeva, both of those not even seated, but both making it to the semifinals. And then as far as the men, you've got your semi set. It is Djokovic, the number two seed, against Yannick Sinner, the number eight seed. And then a good one with Carlos Alcaraz, the one seed, going up against Daniil Medvedev, the three seed. So one, two, three, and eight left on the men's side of the docket, and that'll come up on Friday from England. Now they look at the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Welcome in my good pal, Dan Saley. Dan and I have been talking college football. Uh, I did get a text from Matt Humans from Vison, a good pal. Uh, last time you were on, he's like, can you let Dan talk for a little bit? <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I say, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to let Dan talk. I, I, you know, I try to I try to share. I mean, but then I throw it to you right there and all I get is a laugh. I, I love bantering back and forth with you, Kenny. Sometimes just a laugh is all I got. That's all you got. All right. That's good enough. Do you get that laugh in with humans? Are you allowed to get a laugh in with humans? 
Yeah, definitely. It's always a good time with both of you guys. I love and he's got that. Humans has that dry sense of humor, so you always have to he be does. careful. He'll slip one by you every now and oh, then. Oh, he does. No doubt about it. <laughs> All right, so last week we hit up the Big 12. First we, half. Yeah, well, first half we got into seven of the 14 Big 12 teams. So we'll continue on, and where we left off, we finished up with the two Kansas teams, Kansas State and Kansas, who I think you know both have an opportunity to win the Big 12. Oklahoma, Brent Venables coming over from Clemson last year. My gosh, what a nightmare for one of the best defensive coordinators in the country going and finding out, you know, maybe what Dabo Sweeney does over there in Clemson is a lot harder than I thought it was with me running the defense. Venables now in his second year, and for him to finish at 6-7 and seven last year for the Sooners, just heartbreaking. I mean, they lost a bowl game that was a pretty good game against Florida State, 35-32. At Texas Tech, they lost a heartbreaker as well, 51-48. So there were some games that were there for the taking. They lost by a field goal at West Virginia. I mean, they were right there in several of those games but couldn't get over the top. What do you expect from the Sooners this year? Well, you're right. I mean, by Oklahoma standards, last year was a disaster. But really, if you do look at it, four of those losses were by three points. So it's not that big of a drop-off as we think. They are still about as talent-rich as any in the conference. You know, on offense, you've got quarterback Dylan Gabriel. He was inconsistent last year because of too many injuries. But when he is on, he is on. The wide receivers there, they are good enough to become elite if they apply themselves. There were lots of losses on offensive line and running back, and new talent does need to step up. My first question for you, Kenny, is having watched Dylan Gabriel at UCF, and now he had one year under his belt at Oklahoma with a lot more talent. How do you think Dylan Gabriel can do this year based on what you've seen? You know what? You nailed it. I mean, Dylan Gabriel's a talent. He's a lot of fun to watch at Central Florida, the high-flying offense. And I, I really enjoy the kid. I think the kid, like you said, if he stays healthy, I think he's good enough to play at the next level. He's got it. I mean, he's very explosive. He's not intimidated. He stands in the pocket and takes a good hit. And he's also elusive enough that he can get outside the pocket and, you know, pick him up, put him down. So he's got good speed. He's got some playmakers. Andrew Anthony comes over to help the wide receiving core coming over from Michigan. See how that transitions. Uh, but I like this Oklahoma team to bounce back. And I really think uh, first year there for Venables was just a learning curve. And it was tough. You lose, you know, three games down the stretch by a field goal. That's a difference between being a few games over 500 and not having the fans in Norman on your back, understanding that it is your first year, but they've got to they've got to get things going. And Venables can ill afford to have any type of uh, slumping year. This is the last year in the Big 12 for Oklahoma and Texas. They'd like to leave on a high note, and if they don't win the Big 12, they need to at least have a season where they don't. I think don't lose more than three games. Well, you hit it. You know, Venables is supposed to be a defensive guru, so it was a bit ironic that the defense was the downfall of the team last year. Uh, But looking at the defensive line, they have Ethan Downs, Reggie Grimes. They both had four and a half sacks last year, and those guys should improve. Their best players are are linebacker Danny Stutzman and that Indiana transfer, uh, Dason McCullough, who broke out as a freshman last year. If you saw what he did, he is a very intriguing player. But looking at the schedule, and let me tell you, Mr. Thompson, and you know this, schedule, schedule, schedule in college football means everything. And the schedule this year provides what I call a long runway for Oklahoma to get things going. They don't face a big conference test until week five versus Iowa State. And then, of course, after that, they get Texas. But luckily, they've got that warm-up. They do get uh, TCU at home. But look at this. They avoid Baylor, Texas Tech, and Kansas State. 
My question is, does someone want Oklahoma to win the Big 12 title in their last year in the conference? It sure looks that way. What do you think? Yeah, and you know, they get uh, the new kids on the block. They get Cincinnati. They open their conference play at Cincinnati. Again, Bearcats way down, losing a ton. And Fickle, of course, transitioning over to Wisconsin. You're right. Ames, they get BYU. Iowa. They get West Virginia. Right, but they're at BYU. And I will just say this. That's late in the season. And Sataki's hoping that he can find something with that squad by then. Provo is not an easy place to play. But Oklahoma's got a squad that's good enough. And they're also good enough to take out Texas at the Cotton Bowl. That game will be on October the 7th. Sarkeesian thinks his team's good enough in the Longhorns, even though Bajan Robinson went to the next level, running back solid for the Longhorns. You know, that game could be for all the marbles in the Big 12. They are at Kansas, though, October the 28th. That will not be easy. Uh, Gundy's squad has really taken a step down. And so Gundy coming out today and saying Bedlam is no more after this year. That's right. I'm telling you, Kenny, the the schedule is tailor-made to get them into the title game. It's tailor-made for them. It's all in front of them. They can do it. They have the talent. Yeah, there's no doubt. But the the game that they've got to get through, because in other words, you're you're thinking potentially that Texas and Oklahoma can meet again. Yeah, it could happen. But there's no doubt it can happen. But Kansas is that team. Daniels is a solid quarterback, and we know Leopold can flat out coach his ass off. So we talked uh, about him the other day. Yep, love Kansas. It'll be interesting, but we'll see what Brent Venables has in year number two there in Norman with the Oklahoma Sooners. And they've got players. There's no doubt about it. We talked about Dylan Gabriel. Uh, You know, they've got players on both sides of the ball. Uh, Let me see. Farouk, okay, Farouk is back as far as wide receiver, so that's good news. On the line, they usually have good offensive linemen, not what they've had in years past. You don't see the same names there uh, on first, second, or third team preseason Big 12. In fact, only McCade Mator, uh, the offensive tackle, is listed in the top four teams there for the Sooners. They usually have a lot more than that. As far as on the defensive side of the ball, Danny Stutzman, we know he's an outstanding linebacker, and that'll lead Venable's team. It is kind of weird that he takes over in Norman and his son stays at Clemson. Well, you got to go where you want to be. No, it's just, well, I'm just saying, I mean, you would think, unless there's some, you know, dad, I you know, you go where you go and I'll stay where I, I mean, I know my daughter, if I took a coaching job somewhere yeah. else, including a, a, a big power five, you know, coaching job. And it was my first big coaching job. And, you know, I know my, my kids would, would come to where I was coaching. Well, Clemson's got a legit shot to be in the playoff and go undefeated. So, well, they didn't last year. No, I'm saying year. this year. Yeah. But I don't Look think, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if Venables was looking ahead there. I think he just yeah. probably felt comfortable and wanted to stay, but that, that kind of surprised me a little bit. All right, Okie State and Mike Gundy. This team has fallen off the map as far as I'm concerned, and they lost uh, Richardson, excellent running back, transferred, stays inside the conference. We talked about that last mm-hmm. week. Uh, you know, they've got some players, but I don't know, you know, that Alan Bowman, you know, what this kid has. They still have uh, Rangel, uh, who did get some action last year. But Bowman, we saw, you know, a little bit of uh, what he can do over at Texas Tech. But I just think there's too many question marks with this Okie State team. I think this team's going to take a, a step down. And I, I have a lot of respect for Mike Gundy and what he's done over the years. And, uh, look, maybe I'm selling him short, but I just don't feel like this Okie State team's going to be very good. Well, you're right. This is a down year for the Pokes. And Mike Gundy, he's one of the most consistent winners across the nation. 
on offense, you hit it. I'm not sure what we're going to get from quarterback is Alan Bowman hasn't played since 2020. They're a bit unproven in the running back situation, but the offensive line is mostly seniors. I think that's good. The emphasis in the spring, by the way, was to improve the run game. They only averaged 125 yards a game last year. They do have two noteworthy wide receivers in Brennan Presley and Dejon Stribling from Washington State. This offense, though, has a lot of questions. On defense, the defensive coordinator, Brian Nardo, brought it in, uh, was brought in last year to put in a 3-3-5, but they're losing nine starters there, including eight of the top ten tacklers. This seems like a massive rebuild to me, and, and my question is, can everything mesh? The schedule, though, the conference did them a favor. They don't face any teams from the state of Texas. Can you believe that? Yeah, However, that is weird. It, it looks like the first losing season in 17 years for Gundy is quite possible. What do you think, Kenny? Well, here's the thing. Richardson may have transferred because Gordon and Nixon are good enough. They were both freshmen last year, and they combined for almost 500 yards between them. Uh, you know, maybe Gundy sees something in these two youngsters and said, you know what, that's where we're going to go. We're going to start turning towards uh, the youngsters as far as in the backfield. But, you know, Richardson was that leading rusher, and he did transfer. Uh, again, a lot of question marks. You make you make sense there with Bowman and, and Wrangell, a decent quarterback. And he's got Gunnar Gundy. He's got his son there in the mix as well. But, uh, you know, when he got an opportunity last year in the game, was not very impressive. I mean, it's it's all well and good that you got the name and your dad was a quarterback there at his alma mater, but, you know, there's still tons of question marks. What about the defensive side of the ball with Okie State? We know Colin Oliver, one of the better linebackers in the conference. Uh, they also have uh, Kendall Daniels. So the linebacking core looks rather stingy. Uh, Corey Black, of course, a pretty solid cornerback as well. But on the defensive line, you've got Justin Kirkland, but will there be enough pressure from the Pokes on the opposing quarterbacks? That could be a question mark. Oklahoma State, a team last year had 26 sacks. Oliver had five of those sacks. 27 is what they gave up. So, again, a lot of question marks. And I don't want to sell Mike Gundy too short because he can surprise you and he can outcoach most coaches in a game. Yeah, I, I still think it just it, it looks like too much of a rebuild and, I don't see them uh, making a winning season this year. We will take a break because we don't want to short sell a team that made it all the way to the playoff last year. What a phenomenal job by Sonny Dykes in his first year taking those Horned Frogs, the boys from Fort Worth, TCU, all the way to the playoff. Still have five teams to go. Ken Thompson, Dan Saley. Follow Dan on Twitter at Bad Beat Bros, B-R-O-S, so at Bad Beat Bros. At Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio. You can follow the show that way. Remember, you miss any part of the show, you can go to the Rewind feature on Odyssey. Download that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And then also, if you follow at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio, archives pinned to both of those handles on Twitter at the end of the night by 11 o'clock Pacific time. Mark Hoke running the show. He'll continue to do so. Does a great job producing my show and also producing his own show on Sunday mornings. Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. 101.5 FMK Dome. We're streaming live on that Odyssey app. It is Ken Thompson. It is Dan Saley. We're talking college football. We're talking Big 12. We'll come back with TCU, Texas, Texas Tech. Central Florida makes their debut in the Big 12, and we'll finish it up with West Virginia in the next couple of segments. Five teams to go. We'll do it all when we come back. SportsX Radio, we're rocking and rolling live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Come on down, stop and see me. Still got a Mark Lawrence magazine or two that I can give away tonight if you come up to the table. We'll be right back live from Vegas.
yeah. A little Prince coming back on a Wednesday night. It is hump day here at Steiner's Pub. KT, Mark Coke, Mark Coke uh, spinning the hits over there. And uh, Mark Coke show Sunday mornings. He'll be spinning the hits and giving you all the professional wrestling information that you need to stay on top of all the different circuits. We are live Steiner's Pub on Wednesday night. Do not forget Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, PSBR Law Studios. Uh, Panache Boyle Rabaputi, the best in personal injury for a long time in Southern Cal. Year number four here in the Vegas Valley. Brian Panish, my good pal, senior partner. Panache Boyle Rabaputi. These guys are outstanding. Over four and a half billion in verdicts and settlements the last five years for their clients. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. You got the 702 for Vegas. Jot it down. You may need it for personal injury in the future. 830-9353. 830-9353. Live at Steiner's Pub, Ken Thompson, Dan Saley at Bad Beat Bros. Follow Dan that way. We're talking Big 12 football. We were just looking around uh, the heat today. Got up, I, I want to say, to 100, maybe a, a little warmer in some places here in the Vegas Valley. And then I, of course, transitioned back and forth to Phoenix. They're hitting like 116, 117, crazy. And then I'll be heading to L.A. for the weekend. So uh, Thursday, tomorrow, hopefully Andy Isco will make it in studio. Wayne Krivsky as well. Uh, there's a chance Isco could be on the PSBR Law Hotline if he's not feeling any better. But AI, get better, buddy. We appreciate you big time. And uh, AI now, he too in his ninth year on SportsX Radio on Thursday nights. Mark Lawrence starting Wednesday night show off. He's in his ninth year on Wednesday nights. Dan Saley in his first year here at SportsX Radio and a wealth of information. Dan loves his college football. Uh, Dan, if you had any other sports to play is it nfl football are there any other sports that you dabble in as far as to try and make money or is it pretty much strictly college football and you gear up for that all year and i still bet the nfl as well i also like betting uh, college basketball and i do like betting some baseball and then boxing you know kind of a smattering of, of different things but uh my only uh claim to fame i would say would be college football College football, that's that's the one. If you had to if you had to put all your marbles yeah. on the line, that would be college football would be the one. All right, let's get back into college football. We're talking Big 12. We hit seven of the teams last Wednesday night, or I'm sorry, last Friday night. Now, uh, with KT out of town on this Friday, we said, you know what, let's just do it hour number two at Steiner's Pub. So let's talk TCU because yes. what Sonny Dykes did last year, Dan, doesn't get much more impressive than that. I mean – first year at a program and to roll like they did absolutely phenomenal i mean they lose the heartbreak game to kansas state but still good enough to get in the playoff they were unblemished during the regular season uh you know not the toughest non-conference schedule at colorado last year tartan state and then at smu but then took care of business inside the conference had some real fun games the game at kansas 38 31 Oki State was 43-40. Uh, even the game at West Virginia, 41-31. At Texas, 17-10. That was a game that was like as, it was like pulling teeth for both teams trying to score, both with good offenses but struggling. And then the game at Baylor, where they run the kicking team on with time running down, no timeout yet left, and they, uh, they get the game-winning field goal. So it was one of those storybook seasons for Sonny Dykes and the TCU Horned Frogs. Kind of reflect a little bit on what he did in year number one. Well, it, it was a miracle season, let's face it. Uh, it was a miracle season. I watched almost every TCU game last year, and I was just astounded because they kept escaping with wins somehow. You mentioned that 
running the field goal unit on the on the field this time was running out. I mean, it was just brilliant. If you were watching it live, it was amazing. And I don't think they ever led that game against Baylor no, until that final came, score, right? It came down to the end, and there was a number of games where they were behind and they still made a big comeback. So everything went right for Sonny Dykes and the Frogs. They were underestimated last year. But last year was last year, and this year is going to be different. They have lost their offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley, to Clemson, and that really, really hurts. Their new offensive coordinator is Kendall Bryles. Now, he's a big name to placate the fans, but I'm not so sure because some fans and people in the program at Arkansas wanted him gone. Their main complaint was he was trying to be too complicated in play calling when a simple play would have sufficed. But, however... Sonny Dykes does call a lot of plays, so this is maybe not a problem. Uh, on offense, quarterback Chandler Morris, he's a better passer than Max Duggan, and if, as you recall, he won the job last year, and then he got, he got injured. They do have good targets. Uh, they have a transfer from Oklahoma State, J.P. Richardson. They also have a guy that's six foot five, Savion Williams. He's a scary receiver. They also have some highly touted running backs that are vying for the starting job. What do you think of the changes to the offense for TCU this year? Well, you know, you bring over a couple guys from Alabama, JoJo Earl, a guy that was banged up and kept waiting for him to get on the field consistently last year, but he's got talent, there's no question. And Trey Sanders, a running back, comes over, Redshirt Jr. as well from Bama. So, yeah, you talk about a backfield that's got talent, there's no doubt. And I'm not underestimating Sonny Dykes. The way that he sprays that ball around, you're right, Morris is a good, solid passer, and he was the... Uh, job winner last year. He goes down in the game against Colorado, and then the rest is history. I mean, Max Duggan just has, you know, one of those dream seasons where every possible thing, you know, fell into place. I mean, but he picked the right times to run the ball, and then, you know, he really got going, and his his legs were really a big part of the season. It wasn't just passing the ball. So, yeah, they were fun to watch. There's no doubt. Defense is going to have to hold their end of the bargain up. Uh, you know that it's definitely going to be a step back for TCU. I mean, it's hard not to be. Uh, but the way they ended last year is kind of sad because they win the uh, shootout with Michigan 51-45, and it was a game where Michigan shot themselves in the foot several times in the first half by going for uh, touchdowns inside the 10-yard line and coming away empty a couple of times with no points. And they they lose that one. But then, I, I mean, I, I got to tell you, I, I – there's times you, you look at a game and you take a shot on a team, and Brad Powers was dead on. He said Georgia was going to roll. Uh, it was so tempting to just take all those points in TCU and give it a shot. But, man, you knew, I'd say eight minutes into that game, you knew Georgia was the right side. Well, to that point, it's hard to believe that a team with the 89th-ranked scoring defense went to the national title game. But that's what happened. So this year they really need to improve. And this is the second year of them running a 3-3-5 defense. And I think one year in that system, that will bring some improvement. They have seven starters back, and the secondary actually appears to be their strength. Looking at the schedule, the first seven weeks are just not too scary, but the last five games are tough. The last five games, honestly, they are bang, 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 and that's it. Still, of course, I don't think you can underestimate uh, the Horn Frogs and Sunny Dykes, but... I don't see how they are going to make it to another conference title game with those last five games. I know you're going to look at this, Kenny, but look, it's at Kansas State, then at Texas Tech, then they play Texas at home, then they play Baylor at home, and they finish at Oklahoma. That's a murderer's row right there, and I just don't see them being able to get through it. What do you think, Kenny? I agree. I, I think it, I think Sonny Dykes is great as a storybook season as it was, and it'll 
really have those fans there in the Fort Worth area and the alumni around the country saying, hey, we're going to keep this guy. We're going to hold on to Sonny Dykes. There's no question. But, yeah, uphill climb for sure. But at least what he did show by winning in that first year was that we can attract some major players as far as coming over in the transfer portal. When you're able to grab a couple starters from Tuscaloosa, that's showing that they recognize that TCU could be a fun place to play and Sonny Dykes, it's only going to probably take him another offseason to regroup and get some more offensive prowess. And that's the thing. If you're an offensive player, why would you not want to play in that system? And they lost some players last year. I I had them pegged as kind of a middle-of-the-pack team because they did lose some guys last year with the coaching change. But you're right. Everything fell into place, and now players look at TCU as a place that maybe they want to go play at. Let's jump to Texas because uh, my boy Sark, you know, as long as he stays off the sauce, man, the guy's a heck of a coach. I, I mean, look, I, I liked him at USC. He fell off the wagon big time in Washington. Got back on track when he was there as offensive coordinator there for Saban. Saban gave him a chance to clean up. And now he's at Texas. I thought the team kind of underachieved last year. I thought they uh, were a better Shocker. team. Yeah, I, I, Texas well, underachieved, really? You know, I mean, they, look, they, 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 still <laughs> they, won, they, they, they still won games, but they lost some big games and uh, they lost the bowl game to Washington look it's a solid Washington team there's no question Uh, they did roll at Kansas and that was a blowout win 55 to 14 that was surprising the tough loss against TCU at home and again that there was that game was there for the taking Uh, Okie State took care of business 41 34 at Stillwater that was another one that they had a shot and they lost at Texas Tech early in the season in Lubbock 37 34 so they're right there in all those games that they lost, they had an opportunity to win every single one of those games. I think Sark, even though he loses Bijan Robinson, I think he's got enough there. Xavier Worthy, one of the better wide receivers in the country, no question. And Quinn Ewers is a damn good quarterback. And we know Arch Manning is there, Malik Murphy's there. But, you know, Quinn Ewers is a solid quarterback, and he deserves to start. He won the starting job. And they've got players on both sides of the ball. Talk to me about your feeling, because I think Texas – and Oklahoma, like you were alluding to a little bit before, they're both on the way out of the Big 12, but I could see both these teams battling at the end of the year when it's all said and done if both offensive and defensive components can kind of mesh together. Well, you're right. Expectations are sky high at Texas this year, higher than I've seen them in a long time. And I think Sark would like to win the Big 12 before they move to the SEC. That big question you mentioned is, will... Will they be able to do it without that best one-two running back punch of Bijan and Roshan from last year? On offense, uh, Quinn Ewers, the quarterback, he wants to live up to that five-star status. Reportedly, he has dedicated himself in the offseason to doing so, which I think would be a, a welcome event for Texas quarterbacking. They have big-time targets. You mentioned the super threat, Xavier Worthy. Also, their tight end, Jatavian Sanders, really good. They've got four offensive line starters back. The question is, is who's going to start at running back? Well, this is Texas. They've recruited well. And I will say right now, this will be an even better offense. Do you think the offense can actually improve, Kenny, before we talk about the defense? I do, because I like yours. He's got some experience now under his belt. And they're freshman back. Cedric Baxter, not to interrupt you, but he looks like he might be really good. And you got to look, Adonai Mitchell comes over from Georgia. I, I don't know how good he is. I think he's, you know, he's, he's good enough, and I think Sarkeesian said, look, we're going to give you a shot. You have Whittington there as well, so you, you've got playmakers. They're always solid at the tight end position. 
You know, Jatavian Sanders is there. And, uh, you know, defensively, this team usually holds their own schedule-wise, like you said. You're going to open up with Rice, then you go to Bama. So week two, like Brad Powers and I talked about, there's probably about 10 games in week two where you are going to get a true gauge on how some of these teams look right away. It's not always a foretold conclusion that, you know, the way they play in that first game, that non-conference game, is going to tell the tale. And there's a couple conference games as well that are week two that are interesting. Uh, but I want to see. If Texas loses at Alabama, no shame there. I don't expect but, them to win. But you, so. be, but you better show well. I think they have a chance to win. Well, I'm not sold on Bama because the quarterback position, I think there's an advantage for Texas. No matter who quarterbacks for Alabama, Texas will have the better quarterback going into the game. Any big-time team has a shot. I don't see them necessarily winning that game. But, hey, look, the defense made a massive improvement last year. Massive. And I tell you what, the Arkansas transfer, the safety, Jalen Catalan, he's got huge expectations on him. Yeah, he got hurt last year, only played in one game. But, yeah, Uh, there's no question Catalan's a player. And they have a super linebacker, Jalen Ford. He's back for a senior season. Last year, look at this, 119 tackles, 10 tackles for loss. Now, they do have a defensive lineman, Baron Sorrell. He needs to step up and increase his sacks to double digits after only getting five and a half last year. And I say that because a guy that strong should make more game-changing plays. The schedule, the bright side is they get Kansas State and Texas Tech at home. But they do have to travel to Ames to face Iowa State, and they often have trouble with them. They also have to face uh, TCU back-to-back with Iowa State. Overall, Texas has the talent to go undefeated in conference play. But I'll say this. This is Texas, so I don't think they will. But I still think they can win enough to play in the conference title game. I just don't see them making it undefeated. They're going to stub their toe like they always do. But that's, they're probably still good enough to get in that game and face either Oklahoma or perhaps Kansas State or Texas Tech. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks. Again, everybody's got to stay healthy, but I really think we get a gauge on Texas big time. They've got to be competitive in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. And I think with Ewers, with the year under his belt, I think they may be good enough to go into Tuscaloosa and shock Alabama. Again, Alabama's win total is 10.5. There is no way that I would play over based on just that non-conference game. So I give Saban credit. I like to see when, I don't care if it's a home game, you bring in a program like Texas that has a lot of uh, returning starters and, and a lot of talent at the skill positions, and you bring them even if it's into your house. I'm okay with that. That is a big-time non-conference game. We saw the home-and-home home with LSU and Florida State. Uh, the second of those games will be this year. I like to see games like that because we should have that from all the teams instead of you know just putting little uh, uh, mid-American conference teams or even Sunbelt teams you know, as your non-conference games. Let's face it, they only play eight conference games inside the SEC, so yeah. I want to see at least one tough test. So I'm happy that Alabama at least has that. Well, you know, they get Rice to open, then they go to Bama, then they get Wyoming. I'll say this, they better get their ducks in order, ducks in a row, because that fourth game, they open conference play at Baylor, and that is a very dangerous game if Baylor is doing what I think they can do. So they better make sure they are ready, and Alabama's actually going to provide a very good test for them to see where they're at. So... Uh, that could be a key game, like you mentioned. That could be very big for them. Yeah, right now I did not see what that early line was. I know Brad Powers probably already played it, but uh, I, I like Texas. I like Ewers, and, and, and the whole thing is if they can protect him against Bama, they may be able to at least hang in that game 
for a while in Tuscaloosa. Texas Tech, Joey McGuire in his second year, 8-5. and five. Last year, 7-5 and five against the number. They'll open up against the Pokes of Wyoming up in Laramie on September the 2nd. And then they get Oregon. Uh, they get the Ducks to come down to Lubbock. That'll be interesting. Tarleton State is the next game before they get into conference play and open up at West Virginia. But it's a Texas Tech team that we know usually you know has players on both sides of the ball. Not enough players to win the conference, but they're usually exciting enough. What are we looking at with Texas Tech? Uh, Texas Tech? Because last year they closed the season real nice with the win at win at home against Kansas. They took care of business at Iowa State, and then they beat Oklahoma, and then yeah. they handled Ole Miss big time and Lane Kiffin's boys in the bowl game. You know, head coach Joey McGuire, he has established himself as my favorite coach in the Big 12, and he is a force to be reckoned with. Last year I did predict on the air that they would upset one of the Big 12's upper crust powers, and they took out two, taking out Texas and Oklahoma. On offense, their offensive coordinator, Zach Kitley, He led a dynamite offense at Western Kentucky. He came over to Texas Tech last year, and they immediately improved on offense. The quarterback, Tyler Schock, he's very capable. What has stymied him in his progress really is injuries. If you look, he won the last four games of the season, and he played well. They've got lots of experience on the offensive line. Most of the starters are seniors. I love that. They got a good transfer from Western Kentucky in the center, Rusty Stotts. And then uh, solid backs, Taj Brooks and Cameron Valdez. I love that. The really good news is almost all of their wide receivers are back, and they even added a transfer from Austin P. Dre McCray, who has blazing speed. I love Texas Tech's offense. What do you think, Kenny, before we talk D? No, I I think uh, Texas Tech definitely has an offense. They always have had an offense. doesn't matter who coaches there. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes, we never – I really never thought he was – the player that he is now in the NFL, but he's a guy uh, that we saw teams, you know, Kansas City trade up to get because they saw the talent there. They've always had good, tough quarterbacks there, and they've always had skill position players. Defensively, they've been adequate. Uh, Got to finish up this segment here and only have a, a, a minute, so if you want to reflect yeah, on the defense it. before we go to break, go. You know, defensive line, they lose first-round pick Tyree Wilson, but it still looks stout. They get a transfer from Syracuse, Steve Linton. He looks good. They did uh, lose their best two linebackers, but all four of their secondary spots are filled by seniors with starting experience. And I think that will lead to an overall improvement in defense. Looking at the schedule, they get Kansas State and TCU at home. They avoid Oklahoma. They do have to face Baylor and Texas on the road. But let me tell you, this team has the coaching, this team has the talent, and the schedule is good enough to make it to the Big 12 title game. I wouldn't call them a dark horse, maybe a light horse. I think they can actually really get there. It's not that... A big of a leap for me. I, I love Texas Tech. Nah, I'm not. I'm not there with you because I think they lose at Kansas. I'm, I'm. I'm sold more on Kansas and Daniels. I think that and that game, November 11th, is in Lawrence. So you didn't even look at that as a road game. Oh, I, was, I looked at. You said Baylor before, and I think Baylor is not as good as Kansas. They beat Kansas, Kansas last year, 43-28. I'll, I'll take Kansas this year over Baylor. You okay. want to bet that? I'll bet you right we're, now. We're, we're in disagreement on that. One. There you go. So you got Baylor. I got Kansas. Well, I don't even care where that game's at. But, uh, that's Remember, I did at. predict Kansas to go seven and five this year, so it's not like I don't like. Them. No, no, well, that's I not, had them improving from last year. Yeah, that's all right. That's it's not liking them like I like them. I like Leopold, and I like uh, this Kansas team. That's I love the coach as back, well. Going to yeah. be back. All right, we've got one segment to go, and we'll have to go rapid fire. We've got a, a few teams left to go. We've got Central Florida, and we've got West Virginia. 
and we'll rock and roll and finish up the Big 12. Ken Thompson, Bad Beat Bros. Dan Saley is with me live at Steiner's Pub. We'll wrap things up when we come back. 101.5 FMK Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. Live at Steiner's Pub. We're coming right back. Keep it right here, live from Vegas. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. If I have to beg, plead for your sympathy, I don't mind, because you mean that much to me. Mark Hoke's been in the hits on a Wednesday night. It is KT, live Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, here in the Vegas Valley. And uh, my good buddy Dan Saley is with me talking a little Big 12 football. Temptations, uh, final bumper music there of the evening. And we wrap things up in about seven, eight minutes here. And uh, going through the Big 12, the last seven teams, if you miss any part of the show, you can go back, listen to the archives. Mark Lawrence and I getting into Conference USA and we'll continue to go alphabetically on Wednesday nights. But Dan Saley and I, well, not this Friday, but next Friday, we'll get back into it with the ACC and uh, probably have to split that one up as well, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, whenever you have that Big many conference. teams. And, yeah, unless I have you both hours, then maybe we'll get the whole thing in. It would be a true Friday football fiasco. All right, let's pick it up with UCF Central Florida. Gus Malzahn now in his third year, 18-9, and nine, uh, winning 67% of his games, two-thirds of his games. And it's a UCF team that, you know, they've gone through some good, solid coaches and some good, solid quarterbacks. We talked about Dylan Gabriel a little bit earlier. You know, Plumlee comes over from Ole Miss last year, did a real nice job mixing it up. He's got to improve, though, on his uh, touchdowns to interceptions ratio through 14 and had eight interceptions. But he picking, you know, he, he can run the ball uh, with the best of them as far as from that quarterback position. Uh, Javon Baker, outstanding receiver. R.J. Harvey, excellent running back. So there's players on the skill at the skill positions on the offensive side of the ball talk to me a little bit about central florida sure you know they had a good year last year and i feel that this team is the best position for the jump to the big 12 other than four new uh, members of the conference they have 15 returning starters this year and that key is the quarterback john rice plumley he is a big dual threat but injuries really affected the second half of his season when he is not injured he is dangerous this is a strong running team. That looks to continue this year. You mentioned R.J. Harvey. They also have Johnny Richardson. It's a good group. They have really good transfers on the O-line. They're all upperclassmen. They're capable of, again, paving the way for a team to average five yards a carry. Lots of catches returning to the wideout group. This offense should be at least as good as last year. On defense, they did give up too many rush yards at the end of the season, and they didn't pressure the quarterback enough. They only had 22 sacks all year. This year, most of the defensive line returns. The best uh, tackler is linebacker Jason Johnson. He comes back. And then they're pinning their hopes on a Georgia transfer, Ryan Davis, to be able to handle the better offenses of the Big 12. They did have significant losses in the secondary, and they looked to the portal to address those needs. Notably, DeCorian Patterson, he's an interception specialist from Middle Tennessee. He joins them. Schedule-wise, they avoid Texas and TCU, but they do have road trips to Kansas State, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas Tech. It appears to me 7-5 and five is probably the best they can hope for. What say you, Kenny? Yeah, with Gus Malzahn, you never know. And they've got a couple guys, Ricky Barber and Traymond Morris Brash, on the defensive line that you're going to need pressure uh, on the opposing quarterbacks, especially when you take a step up in conference. I mean, UCF has been very respectable uh, for a while in the American Athletic, but now transitioning here to the Big 12, they've got their work cut out for them. But look, they've got a big-time coach in Malzahn. He's coached in the SEC, so he knows what big-time football is all about. 
and he's got some players. So I think the, the jury's out on UCF. Out of the four teams that are transitioning, coming in, Best one. I think this, yeah, I think UCF is, is the most dangerous one as far as to maybe spring an upset or two. And you talked about the schedule. I think, again, week two, you're going to go against Taylor Green and Boise State on the road. That's going to be very interesting. I think you'll get a gauge right there. And then you get Villanova, who's a solid FCS program year in, year out. But then you go to the Little Apple at Kansas State. You're at Kansas. You're at Oklahoma. And then you're at Texas Tech later on. Really, the schedule is kind of brutal for your first year in the Big 12. So I'm looking 7-5 and five right around there for UCF. I agree. You know that they, they end the schedule a lot easier. West Virginia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and Houston. Not yeah, too bad. May be able to have some momentum going in to a bowl game. We'll see what happens, but I think it's going to be uh, even tougher for a team that's been in the Big Twelve for a while, and that's West Virginia. They've got their work cut out for them, and yes, I, I just, I just don't know uh, where this program's going. And I know that look, it's a great fan base. Uh, you know, Morgantown's a lot of fun. They'll open at Penn State, and Mark Hope, my producer, will tell you right now that they're going to get hammered in that game. Uh, then they get an FCS opponent in Duquesne out of Pittsburgh, and then they play Pittsburgh, uh, both those games at home, back-to-back before they open up conference play against Texas Tech. I think Neil Brown and uh, West Virginia, and he could be on the way out. He's in his fifth year, 22 and 25. That's not going to get it done there for the Mountaineers. Yeah, Neil Brown, he's at the end of his rope. It's win or be gone. On offense, quarterback Garrett Green, he's a dual threat. He showed off some good moves beating Oklahoma last year. On running back, C.J. Donaldson is a big 240 pound back and he made a splash as a freshman last year they also have depth with justin johnson and jalen anderson they do have one of the better offensive lines in the big 12 they're all returning starters these guys are good run blockers and with a mobile quarterback they'll need to make up for losing almost all their receivers for sure the passing game is most likely going to regress on defense they were uncharacteristically bad last year they have lost two of their best defensive linemen their top three tacklers are back they do run a 4-2-5 defense, so again, they're going to rely on uh, their top-tackling middle linebacker, Lee Kapugba, to do it all again. To combat these losses on the back end, they're going to hit, they hit the portal, rather. They got safety Anthony Wilson from Georgia Southern. He had 101 tackles last year. They also got safety Keyshawn Cobb from Buffalo, who had a great year. Schedule-wise, it's a tough non-conference. you got Penn State and Pitt. And then they have tough conference road games with TCU, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Luckily, they avoid Kansas State and Texas. But to me, this looks like another 3-6 and six conference record, and that means bye-bye Neil Brown. What yeah, it could be. The only, th- the only strength they really have, they have a good solid offensive line, veteran offensive line coming back. That can help out. Uh, Aubrey Brooks, pretty solid uh, safety there to anchor the secondary. But, yeah, there's just too many holes there in this West Virginia team. They've got players on both sides of the line of scrimmage, but I really think it's going to be a tough out for Neil Brown, and I think he will be out at the end of the year if they struggle mightily. That'll do it for us on a Wednesday night. Thanks to Dan Saley. Again, you miss any part of the show, go back. You can listen. Mark Lawrence and I talk Conference USA. Dan and I, the second half of the Big 12. That'll do it till Throwback Thursday tomorrow night. Thanks to Mark Hoke, my producer, and Mark Lawrence, my guest in hour number one. Till tomorrow, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas at Steiner's Pub. It's SportsX Radio 101.5 FM. K-Don streaming live on that Odyssey app. God bless, folks. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.